Velociraptors, top of the morning to you. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's Friday Live. Maybe we should do a jingle for this. What do you reckon? Sounded like a radio station, how you just introduced that. Hey, everyone. Hey, hope you are yeah, very good. Well. And it might, just before we get into the questions um, and a chance for people to, to log into the live, Craig and I often um, play with our mics. Craig, Craig's got his just below his chin there. And we lean in and we perform the radio voice. And we say, welcome to Velocity. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just do something on the, on the mic there, Craig, for our avid listeners? Banter. <laughs> welcome to Velocity. Banter. Okay, um, enough of the playtime. Team, it's Friday Live, which means we have some questions to answer. And Mr. Rimmer, could you please tag the infamous Zach Morgan? Because Zach's got a banger of a question uh, that I think a lot of people will appreciate and like the answer that we've prepared for you. So the question is for Mr. Zach Morgan, um, advice or tips for social media posts and stories? just really to grab people's attention. So yeah, absolutely. Really good question. And it's poignant to kick off with the, the whole purpose of social media, that is to start conversations. And so Zach, your question's good because ultimately you've got to grab someone's attention before you can start a conversation with them. Um, now I'm gonna break this into sort of two answers, Zach, because um, that's the right way to do it. Number one, we're just gonna give you a couple of highlights of how you would think about this and then what you would do if this was your next right thing and you were gonna make a system out of social media, make a strategy out of it, okay? So um, I've already said that the purpose of social media is to start conversations. So that should remain in your brain um, when you open up a document, when you start writing ideas for posts and stories. The idea is I wanna start a conversation with a potential client. Now, the, the, probably the biggest, um, the single biggest takeaway from a training called the Weekly Client Machine, and that is the training that Craig and I put together to help you with a content structure for social media, um, is the use of the content, content flywheel. And this, this is a great, simple little hack that if you want to attract more clients, the most direct way of doing that is pick the very conversations that you have with your paying clients, replicate that in content on social media, and that will naturally attract conversations with people like your current clients, but who aren't yet your current clients. And the type of things you wanna pick out are both um, problem solving content where the client has a question or an issue and then you help them solve it. Cool, take that to social. That's what we would call trust content. But we also want to take the banter. <laughs> Correct why Craig said the word banter into his mic five minutes ago. We want to take the funny. We want to take the interesting. We want to take the entertaining. The same things that make your clients smile, laugh, and engage and have fun with you. Take that to social. Be like, draw back the curtains and let people see the Zach. Let people see you guys. And then people will attract, get attracted to you in the way you do things. And that really what it means to to honor the no and like rungs of the six stage ladder so that when people hit our trust content, they're like, yes, Zach is my man. He knows his shit. And boom, now I'm in a proper conversation. Um, so before I go on any further, um, I will, and I'll, I'll give out those resources in a set, Craig, for Zach, which might be helpful. Do you want to just add a couple of pieces to that? Yeah. Um, so Zach and everybody else, um, I think one important thing to think about is that you're, 
like the difference between posts and stories. So we're talking here about stories um, more so, I think. The, 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 the posts are going to be a little bit more structured, well thought out, a little bit more kind of um, talking a, around about the subject of what you do and how you help people. You're going to share various different things. And the weekly client machine will definitely give you the structure that you need in order to incorporate that. Stories are much more about just your day, letting people into your world and just letting people experience what it is that you're up to. So when you're taking your dog for the walk, you just take a picture of the fact you're taking your dog for a walk. And then two or three slides later, you can say, are you a dog person or a cat person? And it's how we link your day um, to giving people the opportunity to interact. Now, I've got a, a very like recent thing for me on this, which is me and David have sort of purposely, consciously decided that our next right things mean we shouldn't be focusing on our stories that much at the moment. Whereas recently I've started bringing it back in. And all I've been doing is showcasing what it is that I do day to day, sharing my, me working at my desk, talking about opinions, uh, putting a couple of polls up, asking a few questions of people. I think only once have I mentioned about our program and potentially getting in touch if people want to listen to it. Uh, sorry, want to speak to us around it. Um, I've had so much more interaction in my social media from doing that. People that are going and looking at my posts because of what I'm doing in my stories. So my kind of high level thing is that your posts are going to be the sort of things that people will go and read on the back of seeing your stories and going, oh, he seems pretty cool. Oh, he's a nice guy. And so we need to get that engagement, that first bit of kind of um, attraction as you as you put it or attention so that we can get them to our posts so that we can have a conversation with them so that we can nurture them so it's just something to, to help you distinguish the two um, what I'm doing right now Zach is I'm putting some links um, into the uh, comments section and um, the first one there is story ideas but like it's really not um, <laughs> It's, it's not rocket science. So there isn't some kind of magic formula. However, um, these things will kind of get your juices flowing. What Craig just mentioned about, you know, just talking about his day, talking about him and what he's up to, is exactly what you need to be doing. Um, and the three, and there's some good ideas in the first link there and anyone else that's watching. And then there's two um, other links for, for quiz ideas and poll ideas which are really great um, features of Instagram specifically and Facebook um, in order to get more engagement, to get people doing something on your, on your stuff. And I think the, the best place to start is with the most casual. Craig, the Craig's little example was in there was, are you a dog or a cat person? And the example that I want, final example from, from me today is um, Harry, who's in the Cheetah Squad. He's really found a good groove with social media recently, even the fact he doesn't like it that much. But he was using it well as a tool for his business. And he put a post, he put a, a story up and he'd done a post on alcohol as well to link the post and the, sto the story idea that Craig just mentioned. And he and, and it was a simple picture that was a picture of Harry stuffing some crisps in his mouth with a beer and a glass on a table with um, a glass of wine on the other side. And it was clear that he was sat with someone who was taking the picture. Right. So imagine he's, it's not it wasn't pleasant of Harry. And that's kind of why he did it crisps in mouth, beer by the side. And it was a poll. And the poll header was what you're having. And then the option one was beer and option two was wine. 
few things I like about that. One is it, it, it was it was a real post. It wasn't Harry like sort of looking all <laughs> looking all model like with a his his white teeth showing and he's he's yeah, yeah he's filtered it and he's looking all sexy. It wasn't that he was looking ugly as fuck, but I wasn't Harry, you know, if you're watching this, you weren't, but you get the point. He had a beer, but so it's Petey with a beer. So that's kind of showing the real side to him. Um, and the language, what you're having, it was, it's a bit like when you walk up to the bar with someone, you turn to your mate and you say, what are you having? It's not what drink would you choose? What are you having? Much more cash. It's you're, you're writing how you speak and all these things make you much more relatable, which is kind of the point we were speaking to earlier. Anyway, the numbers on that, um, the last time I checked with him, he had 25 votes on that on that story, and two of which um, he he followed up with everyone. And then those pe some people turned into a more a deeper conversation by some simple questions, a bit of curiosity, and he booked two consultations from 25 votes on a poll asking whether your choice was beer or wine if you went out for a drink. That's the power of it when you get when you get it right. Final tip, Zach, for you and for everybody else with social media. Don't copy everybody else. Do, that, that's why we can't give you a, a complete blueprint. Like the, the weekly client machine gives you a structure, but it needs to be you. It needs to be unapologetically you. In order for this to work, it needs some people to go to it and not resonate. It needs some people to go to it and think, I don't connect with this guy. He's not my type of person. Otherwise, you're just trying to please everyone and you'll please no one. Nobody is going to sign up to your services because you post... A, a story of your 500 calorie salad with some chopped up avocado in there it's like fucking boring and everybody's done it a million times over so just share your life just share your life and what it is that you're doing follow the weekly client machine which is probably not something you should be studying right now but you will get to eventually and that will give you your posting structure and then with stories Ideal kind of numbers, I think between seven and 10 is like classically the, the right thing, seven to 10 a day. And just share your world, share your life. Think of the six stage ladder. People need to get to know you and they need to get to like you. That's the first two things. And then they're likely to start a conversation or they're likely to engage with you when you approach them. Hopefully that's useful. Uh, Mr. Nikki Warren Bennett, um, here we go. Your question, sir. Uh, basically about re-engaging with an ex-client who you've started to talk to again or you, who you've been chatting to uh, for a little bit. And, and the answer to your question directly is, um, should I, you know, is it okay for you to reach out for him and let him know, the, let you know the slot that he would likely want are reducing, which is the truth, so you don't want him to miss out? The short answer is yes, but the um, we, we need to go a little bit deeper. So here's, here's some things for you to understand. Um, when a client has climbed the six-stage ladder, they're either at the fifth or the sixth rung, as in they've bought and they are now in the process of becoming an amazing client where ultimately they will end up referring people to you. So they're high up the ladder. If a client leaves and they spend time away from you, not working with you, naturally they're going to fall down the ladder at a, at a, a certain rate, okay? Based on the relationship that you had, or you, or, or and how well you work to maintain that relationship. But we have to accept they will descend the ladder. So when, even though you've been touching base with him on WhatsApp and speaking to him in the gym in passing, um, that's good. But it doesn't mean that they're they're back up at the same level they were. It doesn't mean the rapport and the trust is the same. So the, what we might have to do is adjust our approach with what we say to honor that honor that principle. Here's a key thing to understand. With the rungs of the ladder, 
it's not a case of whether someone does or doesn't like you. It's not a case of someone, whether they know you or they don't, or whether they trust you or they don't. Each of these things are a spectrum rather than a binary, right? So it's how, how well do you know each other at the moment, given what's happened recently in both of your lives? How much rapport is there built? How, how much do you like each other? And how much trust is there established? And these all things are a case of like, okay, it might be good, but could it be better? Probably. And what we want to do to, to, to create the smoothest ascension through the six-stage ladder, or in this case, back up the six-stage ladder, we need to go back to those rungs and strengthen each rung, rung, rebuild rapport, reconnect with the individual. What's been going on in your world? Tell me, I'm really keen to know. How's, how's that person? How's that task? How's the job? How's the business? How's this? Rebuild the rapport. And then you can start to rebuild the story or the journey they've been going on up to that point. So my, my guidance here would don't be too hasty about saying, oh, I've not got many spaces left. Let's let's get you signed back up. It would be more questions, uh, things like would love for you to come back into the gym. Let's have a session together. Let's catch up. Um, I'd love to know what's been going on since we last spent some time together in training. Um, I'd love to understand your you know what you've been up to in the gym or outside of the gym. And, you know, show some of the great stuff you've been learning about the body, about training, about weights, about whatever. And so it's much more about those first three rungs than it is about the fourth or the fifth in then coming to, like, do a consult and, and buy again. Um, so, Craig, what would you add to that? Yeah, I, I think um, to take that principle into something practical, something that I've done this week, um, our, we have our version of the 1031, which is where we store all of our leads and all of the information about them. Um in our 1031, I noticed that one of our co one of the coaches we've been speaking to for a long time was coming back from traveling um, about a month ago. So I was thinking, well, in that first month, they're probably not going to want to talk to me. They're just going to want to settle back in. So I scheduled to reach out to them this week. And I didn't say, oh, hey, now that you're back from traveling, why don't you jump on a call and we'll see if you're ready for mentorship? Because that is jumping straight into the rung where we left off. Situations changed. This person's mindset may have changed. So what I said instead was, hey, are you back from traveling now? And she said, yeah. I said, amazing. Where was it you went again? Obviously, I knew where she went because she'd already told me. But I wanted to get that conversation going. She told me where she went. She said, Thailand. I said, amazing. Whereabouts in Thailand did you go? And we spoke about these things. And then she asked me, she said, how's everything going at Velocity? How's business? So I explained the situation and what we're doing. Um, and then I said, how about you? How's everything going? And then she starts explaining that she's struggling to get things going again, et cetera, et cetera. The next step for me will then be to say, listen, why don't we jump on a call? And let's see if I can help you out. But you see what David just said. That's the practical example of going, OK, we were here. I can't go straight back into that. I'm going to come back down here and just see if I can build it back up again. And if I do... I'm there, but I'm there on steroids because this is the second time we've climbed the ladder. So now I'm much more likely to get a result because we've already been through a lot of the other things already. So it's a good principle to follow. Super. Okay, so moving on to our, our third and final question from uh, a Miss Nicola Jane Bailey. Craig, if you wouldn't mind doing the honours. For sure. Um, so Nicola's question was about how how can I better handle objections? That fundamentally was the question. Um, and Nicola, I'm just going to wait until that comes through um, so you can start at the right time. Nicola, there we are. Um, Nicola, your question was about handling objections. 
Um, but both Craig and I had a quick quick chat about this. And um, yes, we want to help you better deal with objections when they happen. However, I would say for the first year in your journey, for most people, if they're starting from scratch on their sales skills, they they should focus more on getting better at selling than handling objections, which could be argued as being the same thing, but hear us out. If you, if you move to the earlier parts of the sales process, and we could be talking about any, any point of the six-stage ladder, sell by chat, conversations in the gym, and then the kind of the first three quarters of the console. If we focus on that bit, as opposed to the final quarter of the console and what comes out of the client's mouth, we will drastically reduce the number of objections you have to handle. So that, that's where we're coming at this from. And as I said, first year, like there's so much to learn. Craig's been selling for 15 years and he's still learning. And yes, some of it is more about objection handling now, but because we've got so much sales foundational knowledge and skill in place. So that, that's where we're coming from. So I'd like to, um, Craig, I'm going to go to some of these more kind of punchy points, but is there anything else you wanted to say at the high level there? Just, just to emphasize that point, it, that if you get better at sales, you will get less objections. And therefore, by default, you don't need to be as good at dealing with them. You know, what, what needs to happen in a good sales process? And let's just amplify that a second. Sell, selling starts from the moment you start communicating. Selling is not just the sales call. It's the entire process through the six-stage ladder, through sell-by-chat, through the triage, if you have one, through the LNT you're delivering, and then into the consult. You, if you're saying things that are answering future objections, it won't come up. If they're thinking, I'm just not sure whether, you know, I can, I can do the work, if that's what's going on internally, and you're saying to them, listen, I'm going to meet you with, with where you're at. So each week when we come in together, we're going to be working on A, B, and C. But the first thing I'll always be doing is checking in with you to see whether you're okay with that, whether you're ready to do that, or whether we need to make adjustments. Now we've dealt with that objection before it's even come up. Yeah, so that's Okay, so a few points for you to chew on here. So some stuff that you can take away a bit more practical. Um, thinking back to these three people, I think it was three cases you explained or any, any others in the past. The first question is how deep were your foundations for the bridge? The bridge model, like quick, quick update is where are they now and have they got to be there? And how does that affect them? And then you would look at forward and say, where do you want to get to? Where's, where's the destination we're heading to here? And why is that why is that worth going to? What's the what's the focus? Um, and then the bridge would be how you would work, how, like what you would do as a team to get there together. So when I talk about deep foundations, it's like people might say, yeah, I'm, I want to lose weight because my confidence is low. But that's that surface level stuff. Most people's confidence are low who want to do, do something with their body. That's why they want to change their body fundamentally, most people. And so we want to understand, well, when you say confidence, what do you mean? Tell me more about that. Where, where, does that. where does that present in your life at the moment? And so three things you can do is ask more questions, just like I did there. Lean in for more detail. And so you're asking confirming questions. When you said this, what did you mean? Can you tell me more about that? And you want to use silence a lot more. Most trainers, I would say 90 plus percent of trainers are not using enough silence frequently enough to get to extract more out of their, the people that they're, they're trying to serve. And don't fill it yourself. So those are three simple things about how we can um, lay some deeper foundations. And remember that emotion drives the purchase decision. 
emotion makes the person decide, yes, I want this, right? That's the fuel, that's the, that's the fuel to the fire. So unless you actually tap into emotion by doing the stuff I just mentioned before, it's gonna be very hard to generate enough. Just think about it, emotion is energy in motion. So like they need the energy, the energy needs to be found in order to say, right, get me in, I wanna move, I wanna move forward with you. And that's gotta come from somewhere. And then logic cements it. And logic is like the, the, reasons why that it, the, the reasons why it was a good decision. And that's the piece I'm about to come to you next with features and benefits. Uh, I'll pause for a second. Craig, do you want to jump in on anything there? No, I think keep keep going with this. And I've got a, a few points at the end, but I think it stays in stays in motion here. Cool. So that, that's kind of one of the first points. Craig mentioned earlier, it starts early and you you just like you're on this journey of discovery and curiosity to find more and more about them um, with everything I've said to this point. Now, um, another little tip that you can you can use, and this would need to happen earlier in the in the process before they book for a consult and you start chatting to them. But as you can start to get an idea that they want to do something about the health and fitness, you want to say, look, is this a now or a later thing? It's such a beautiful, beautifully simple question because it helps to identify is this is this painful enough? Is this important enough to you to do something about it now? Whatever that thing might be, we're yet to discuss that, but like. Is this now or later? And that that then, if you ask early before you've got the pressure of a pitch or a money decision to make, then that set that gives you confirmation that you should pursue and you should go down this this route of a consult. Whereas if they said it's a later thing, you would say, "Oh, okay, cool, totally get that. Why is that?" And then you can explore and you can just look to understand why they said either way. But that will give you the information because if they said a now thing. And then you book the consult and you go all the way through and they say, actually, I don't want to do it right now. Obviously, you put two and two together and you realize that you haven't fully uncovered the, the actual objection. Two more things um, that I think could help you in this process. One is features and benefits and matching them up with the actual problems and pain points, frustrations and challenges that you've uncovered by digging deep foundations to the bridge. So if you've untapped the emotion, whether that's a negative that they want to move away from or a positive they want to move towards, and you, you've really kind of managed to clarify and etch out the problems, you then need to, one by one, in priority order, show the individual why you and your service are the exact solutions to that problem. It's like playing um, match, like the, the, the game, the card game, we have to match cards up. You're like, okay, you see that problem there? Look what I've got to solve this one. That will solve that. And then you see that one you mentioned earlier, this this is what I do that solves that problem. Can you see that? And then when we do this, that that's solved. Yeah. And so you're kind of matching, all right? Uh, once you've once you've done all your information gathering. And then the final little point for me would be at the very end, once you once you've actually kind of presented your your service as the solution, it's really important. And maybe Craig can speak to this, like and how we do it at Velocity. But when you get to the point, you say, now if you were to join today. The first three to five steps look like this. So once, you, once you're in the program, we'll get you signed up. You're committed to me. We get that, all, all that form done. Uh, you then do this, this, and this. And that allows me to do that, that, and that. And then once you've done that, that gets me doing this. And, and you're kind of explaining that as soon as you click this button, as soon as you, like, you, know, you fill in the form, we're, we're going. And we're immediately doing things. We're kind of setting the foundations to get you moving forward. And that clarity, that... Um, that peering into the future will give them confidence and the logic they need to cement the decision that they've already made in their heart if you've uncovered the emotion beforehand. Mm. 
And just to elaborate on that, when when you're talking about those things, most importantly, we're just talking about the first hurdle. We're not talking about the big, big goal, which is three years away. We're saying, right, this is what we're going to focus on first, because that's the thing that hurts them the most. That's the thing that if we can get over that first hurdle, everything else is going to feel like plain sailing. Um, so just a couple more things to add, because it's a really good question. And it's something that a lot of people will wonder and be thinking about. A um, couple of points to add. The first one is use the client converter script to help guide the sales process. Um, the client converter script is an amazing tool to make sure that you cover all of the points that we need you to cover, to make sure that the bridge model is successfully kind of um, drawn out for somebody, to make sure that we lay out what the future is going to look like for that person, to make sure that at the right time we make a suggestion and then we ask them how it sounds and then we get them committed. So that client converter script structure is really, really powerful and will help you with dealing with objections because you'll get less. Now, another point for you um, to remember, small point, is that some objections are genuine and it's a reason why they shouldn't sign up. So there is no one sentence or study or thing that you can do that's going to turn around all objections. That's why we say, listen, if you can be if you can have a really solid process that gets somebody to that to that consultation that's meant to be there a great conversion rate would be 80%. It shouldn't really be that, that much higher than that. 80% would be great. So we know some objections are going to be genuine. Nicola and anybody else watching this, if you find that you keep getting the same objection, then you need to work out how to handle that before it comes up. So my advice is to list down the objections that you get from the people that don't commit. Just have it on a notebook somewhere or on your notes on your phone and just keep a list. Every Let's say you do 20 consultations, um, 13 of them sign up. And of the seven that don't, they all have the same objection. That tells you that it's worth putting some work in and asking us the question a bit more specifically around how to handle that, um, how to handle that objection before it even comes up. Because that is the secret of handling objections is to stop them coming up in the first place. The most common objection is price for most people. And the two takeaways that you need to look at when it comes to price is number one, I didn't, I didn't create enough value. How do I improve that? And that's answered by doing all the things that we've said today. The only other option is that sometimes you're attracting the wrong person for the service that you sell. So you're attracting students and actually your price point is relatively premium. That's that's going to bring a lot of price objection because it's just it's just simply too out of reach for that person and you'll never be able to create enough value for them to be able to like they don't have the money in their bank basically it's physically not there. So price is the most common it's usually a case of value being the issue or that we're attracting the wrong people. And again if we have that information we can work on it. So start listing down those objections um, and we can help you with it. I think the training that is going to be the best one for you because it's based around dealing with the objection before it comes up is the sales objection solution, uh, which has got the picture of Neo on the front, um, pushing back on the bullets in the matrix, which is quite a, good, uh, quite a good analogy for what we're trying to do. So if you haven't studied that, make sure you do. Um, I think that's enough. Hopefully there's some good notes that you've taken down there. 
Absolutely, team. That brings us to the end of our Friday Live. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll catch up with you again very soon. Take care, guys. Have a good week.